0: This is the New York Sports Minute with your host, Morgan Eck. What's up, everyone? It is Friday, February 3rd. Welcome to the New York Sports Minute podcast. And if you're a Knicks fan, which I think most of you are, you should be smiling ear to ear on this Friday morning because the Knicks had, in my opinion the biggest win of their season last night in a 106-104 to win last night against the Miami Heat. We have a lot to get into today. We'll get into the Knicks win. We'll get into Jalen Brunson being absolutely snubbed from the All-Star game, and then I'll interview a very close friend of mine, Chris from Staten Island, where we're going to talk about New York sports. We'll get into the best bagels of New York City, and we'll understand from him what it's like growing up in the forgotten borough, the fifth borough of New York City, which is Staten Island. So we have a lot to get into today on this beautiful Friday morning. So let's jump right in. Hey, taxi. So first off, before we get into the sports, there's something I need to touch on very quickly, um, given that it's Friday, February 3rd. So yesterday was Thursday, February 2nd. It was Groundhog Day. And, of course, Puxatani Phil, the very famous groundhog from Pennsylvania, saw his shadow and announced that we now have six more weeks of winter. Can we talk about how Puxatawney Phil must have the best life that any animal in the animal kingdom has ever had? Like, this dude has been doing this since 1877. Let me say it again. Puxatawney Phil has been announcing the tenure of winter a hundred and thirty-seven times, every February second, Puxetani Phil wakes up from his you know long nap, I guess, and over ten thousand people go to rural Pennsylvania. They all wear top hats. They all have their cameras out, and there's news outlets from all over the world to predict or to record what this guy's about to predict. And out of the hundred and thirty-seven times, he's only predicted an early winner, which means he hasn't seen a shadow. 20 times like this guy has the best job that anyone's ever had. He's been doing this for 137 years. Most of the time he rolls out of bed, cracks his back nine times out of 10. Oh, I saw my shadow have fun six more weeks of winter and he goes back and we don't see him for 363 days. And so as an adult man who, you know, for a long time, I thought Puxatani Phil really controlled my winter. I'm realizing Puxatani Phil has the best life out of anyone in the animal kingdom. And so I just want to give a quick shout out to Phil. I want whatever he's drinking. I think he has finally figured it out and it sucks. We have six more weeks of winter. That means we'll get to halfway through March before springtime comes, which is right around March Madness, which we could all predicted. But just want to call out the holiday that we don't seem to talk about anymore. Puxatani Phil and Groundhog Day, another six weeks. And, you know, good for Puxatani. He's got it all figured out um that being said though let's get into what's going on in new york we're in that weird flux of the year which is the giants and jets season's over the rangers are in actually their all-star break so they don't have any games this week the yankees and mets are about a week away from pitchers and catchers starting spring training so the only team that's actually playing right now is the knicks and the nets but again we we don't consider the nets a new york team they're a new jersey team and so the knicks are really the only team we should be talking about but If you're a Knicks fan, and honestly if you're just a New York basketball fan, the Knicks had by far and away, in my opinion, the biggest game and the biggest win of their season last night with the 106-104 to win against the Heat. Um, As a reminder, the Knicks are in the 7th place right now in the Eastern Conference. The Heat are in the 6th. If you make the 6th seed, that means you avoid the play-in tournament, which we know the Knicks would not do well in, and so the Knicks are chasing the Heat right now. For that sixth seed which is a very very important you know seed for them moving forward and they had a fantastic win you know Jalen Brunson was ruled out of this game early um, right before the start actually because of an illness and so they had to play this game without I would argue their best player without their starting center Mitchell Robinson who's been out for a few weeks with a hand injury and so they had to play this game against the Heat who had been playing really good basketball they had to play this game without two of their starters but they won by two points, and a large majority had to do with the fact that R.J. Barrett had a fantastic game. And, listen, I've been on record saying that R.J. has been a very inconsistent Nick. He's had some really good games, like the 45-point game against Boston last year. Um, he's had some games where I thought he was going to be the next kind of big Nick, But then he's also had games where he's put up, like, zero points, and he's shot 0 for 12, and you just kind of wonder when this person is going to take that next big step. But listen, R.J. Barrett had a fantastic night last night with 30 points, 8 rebounds, and over 41 minutes against the Heat. He was also guarding Jimmy Butler most of the game, which is not easy on the defensive side. Julius Randle had a really nice night after he was just named to the All-Star game. He had 23 points and 6 assists. And probably the most exciting part of the game, which is we held Jimmy Butler, All-Pro NBA player, uh, to just 10 points and 3 rebounds. And we all know this Knicks team wins when they play defense. And so all in all, it was a great game. It was probably the game that we sweat the most in the sense of we were up five points with five seconds left. People in the garden were hugging. They were cheering. They were high-fiving. It was a fun fun night to be in MSG. But then very quickly, the Heat hit a three-pointer with three seconds left. The Knicks then inbound the ball where Julius Randle sort of trips and falls, and he gets called for a travel after a review. And the Heat had the ball... Two seconds left. They had a fantastic look at a Tyler Hero 3. I thought it was in. I think the whole crowd thought it was in, but somehow it rimmed out. But the Knicks end up having a fantastic win. Um, Like I said, they won 106-104. to And, you know, if you're a Knicks fan today, you should be very excited going to a weekend and going to a stretch where they were going to play a lot of hard games. Their next two games are at uh, home against the Clippers, home against the 76ers. They have the Celtics coming up. They have a lot of really good teams coming up in their schedule, and to beat the Heat like this was just a massive, massive win. So like I said, if you're a Knicks fan, you should be pumped. Um, but the one thing I, I do want to vent about is, you know, before the game, the NBA announced their All-Stars. Julius Randle, very deservingly so, was named to his second All-Star game. Um, his first All-Star game was in the 2020-2021 season where he had a fantastic, I think his second team All-NBA season. And this year, Julius was named to the All-Star Game again. He deserved it. He's been a, a fantastic basketball player this year. He's averaging 25 a night, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. He's shooting 45% from the field. He's probably the best first quarter player in the NBA right now. He's been fantastic. You, If you're a Knicks fan, you have to be really excited with what Julius Randle's been providing you. But you also have to be so bummed in that Jalen Brunson, I think everyone's favorite player, didn't make the All-Star Game. Like, this guy has been phenomenal this year. Like, he has totally rejuvenated this Knicks fan base. He has been the, the first floor general that this Knicks team has seen since really the days of John Starks. Like, Jalen Brunson has totally changed his franchise. And he's averaging 22 points a night. He's averaging six rebounds. He's averaging three assists. Like, he has been a fantastic player. And so, you know, for him not to make the All-Star game was a huge bummer. I think everyone is very pissed off that he didn't make the game, especially because Drew Holiday made it, which again, I know they have similar stats, but Drew Holiday has played 10 less games than Jalen Brunson this year. Jalen's been playing every single night for 40 minutes a game, except for the games where he's physically hurt. He's been top 10 in the league in clutch points, which means he's scoring a ton of points in the last two minutes of the game. And Honestly, Jalen Brunson has been the player that we we're all so excited to sign, and so While I'm very excited the Knicks won, um, they've won three of four against really good teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, like the Boston Celtics, and now the Miami Heat. You have to be very excited where they are right now, creeping on that sixth seed. But very big bummer that we didn't get Jalen into the All-Star game. But, you know, I'm sure part of Jalen is very excited to take that week off, relax, rest his body, and get ready for the second half. So not a huge deal, but, you know, a little bit of a bummer. And, And the Villanova fan in me was you know, pretty bummed to not see him represent us in the all-star game, but happy for Julius. And I'm happy that at least we got one player into that game. So with that, Knicks fans, you should be very excited today. Um, there's not really any other sports to talk about. And so what I want to do now is transition into an interview with a very close friend of mine. What I'll be doing throughout the show is not only interviewing folks who have a, a passion for New York sports, but I also can be interviewing for interviewing people who I think really represent what it means to be a New Yorker, Right. And so, Chris is a good friend of mine. He is from Staten Island. He now lives in the financial district. He's a diehard New York sports fan, and he is, in my mind, what it means to be a New Yorker. So, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Um, It's a really fun one, and let's jump right in. Bing, bong. All right, very excited to welcome a very close friend of mine to the show. Born and bred in New York, lifelong New Yorker, diehard New York sports fan. And that is my good buddy, Chris from Staten Island. Chris,
1: how you doing, man? Hey, Morgan. Thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, talking all little New York sports. Yeah, man. And I'm most excited for, you
0: know, you are the first person from Staten Island on the show. You, know, you get to represent different boroughs of the city. We had uh, Dan from New Jersey last episode. We now have you from Staten Island. So how's it feel to be kind of the representative of one of the five boroughs?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to uh, give our or people a better name than what uh, everything you've seen on MTV or anything like that has given us so far. So yeah, I'm great. Very happy to be a spokesperson for Staten Island, even though, you know, we usually get a bad rap. No, I, I don't think it's a bad rap. I, in my research,
0: Chris, I actually decided to find a couple fun facts that I wanted to bring to the viewers attention so that we can educate folks on what Staten Island is. Right. Cause most people, especially people who move to New York, think about the four the, you know, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx, but they need a little more education on Staten Island. Um, so one, it's the least populated borough in New York with only 400,000 people, even though it's the third largest second is it's the greenest borough, meaning it has the most parks out of any of the boroughs with 170. Yep. And then sure. third one, this is pretty crazy. The map of Westeros in game of Thrones is actually based off Staten Island because yep. George Martin George R, R. Martin is from Bayonne, New Jersey, said he loved going to Staten Island. And if you actually look at Westeros, it's the exact image of Staten Island. Did you know yeah.
1: that? Yeah, and actually a little fun fact, uh, they had a at a, a they're no longer the Staten Island Yankees anymore. They they were a low A part of the Yankees organization, but uh they had a, actually Game of Thrones night where they were the Staten Island Direwolves. So, and I think he might have been there. Or they were handing out books, signs, stuff like that. So, I mean,
0: nice. Yeah, that's very sweet. Does that mean like you're you could say like you're from uh, Dragonstone or something more badass like that than uh, Staten Island, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know what the uh, the dumb version of uh, Westeros was, but uh, it's probably where we are.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, so I got to ask then, what was it like growing up in, in the, in Staten Island? Like, do you have any good, like just stories or memories of what it was like kind of growing up in, in the fifth borough of the city?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of very more on the suburb sides, lot different than the other uh, boroughs to where it kind of doesn't really feel like it's part of New York city, especially where I'm kind of far farther South, uh, on Staten Island. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, usual stuff, you know. A lot of, uh, you know, like youth sports and stuff like that, rivalries, things like that. And, you know, a lot of, you know, Italian-Americans and then usually clash against the Irish Catholics somewhere on the North Shore. So... Uh, there you go. Yeah. it's uh, That's the
0: same as it is everywhere. I mean, did you... Like, did you have a rivalry with other boroughs? Like, do people from Staten Island hate Brooklyn, or like, do they hate people from Queens? Is there like any cross city rivalry that as someone who moved here I have no idea, but is there any of that when you're growing up?
1: No, because most people that they start out in uh, Brooklyn or Queens and then they migrate down to Staten Island and they'll go to Jersey and then to Florida after that. So it's kind of <laughs> like having a rivalry against your own people at some point. So, all yeah, uh, right, it's all New York. We just like to have a little better recognition than what we, uh, we get you usually recognized for. So
0: well, I think it's on the rise. I think it's definitely on the rise. I also remember you telling me that your dad owned a funeral
1: home, right? Is that am I remembering that correctly? Yes, sir. Yeah, scalia funeral home. When the if you die, we can We <laughs> just cut well, that out. <laughs> no, that
0: if, if you're a listener, you're pro, there's a probably a good chance that one of your family members went through Scalia funeral home. Yeah, for
1: better <laughs> or worse. Yeah. But <laughs> unfortunately, it's one of those businesses that it's always gonna keep going on. So uh yeah. We'll, we'll always be able to help you out with when times are tough.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, so like most kids growing up, they like work at a restaurant, maybe they were construction in high school, you know, like they have those sort of oddball type jobs. Like, does that mean you and your, your brothers were like working in the funeral home in high school?
1: Yeah. My summer job would be uh, going and, you know, working on funerals or, you know, removing people from houses after they passed away. Uh, wow. So yeah, it's, it, I almost uh, ended up doing that, but went to advertise around instead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I mean, listen, man, as someone who worked behind a bar for a couple years during high school and in college, I would much rather interact with a dead person than a person who's had like way too much to drink, because at least they kind of leave you alone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they they don't respond too often anytime you talk to them. So uh, yeah, it's definitely different in that aspect.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's funny, man.
1: Is is there any like, uh, is there any
0: food Staten Island's known for? Like Brooklyn's kind of known for their pizza, like. What are the best cuisines in Staten Island, you think?
1: I, I would say that after living in Manhattan, that no bagel in uh, Manhattan touches Staten Island's bagels. So really? Uh, yeah, I think you can find a, a great bagel most places on Staten Island. And the city is a spot a few spots here and there, but it's not not the same kind of quality.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. So it's like, do you have a specific spot in mind, or is it just like the corner stores in general in Staten Island? Just have uh,
1: There's just like a, a deli or a bagel store on like every other corner on Staten Island. So really, you have to you have to really try and find a bad one. And then when you find them, you just avoid them like the plague.
0: Wow. Okay. Good to know. We might have to do a field trip to Staten Island one of these days and get some sure. get some bagels, get some Italian food. Um, And so you're a diehard sports fan, right? I think your family has season tickets to the Jets, to the Knicks, right? You guys are very big sports fans. Oh, yeah. Has that always been part of your blood? Have you always been a diehard New York sports fan?
1: Yeah, for better or worse, Mets, Jets, and Knicks forever. And I don't really pay attention to hockey, but I'm a Rangers fan, which I feel like they've been getting their hearts ripped out the last couple of years.
0: Hey, better than than the other teams, honestly. Yeah, true. Um, What was like – how did you – As someone who grew up in New York, right? How do you pick between the different teams? Like what made you a Jets fan versus Giants fan Mets fan versus Yankees? What, what was the drawing in the line in the sand?
1: There's, there's no choice. My dad was a Mets Jets and Knicks fan because they were good when he was growing up. So that's basically why I became the fan of those things. And once you're a fan of something, it's really hard to, you know, deviate. Although I know people that have gone from Mets to Yankees or vice versa, or not too many Jets to Giants. It's that's, why would you become uh go from giants to jets you know only one of those teams wins uh yeah, so right. yeah
0: you're a, you're a crazy person if you go from giants to jets fan like you're actually insane i mean yeah I, i've heard of people making the transition from mets the yankees but i've never heard of someone transitioning from uh from giants to jets
1: yeah no that's that that would be a, a bad decision on whoever would have done that
0: yeah exactly um, what were your thoughts on? like, one of the big news this week was that on Sunday after the Eagles won, um the Empire State Building lit up green, white, and black to honor the Eagles making to the Super Bowl, which caused an absolute stir. I was livid about it because New York City should not be advertising any of Philadelphia's success, especially on one of our landmark,, uh, you know, mo- not monuments, but landmark buildings. So, But what were your thoughts as a a true blood New Yorker? Does it like make you boil seeing the Eagles colors go up and down the Empire State Building?
1: It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not even a Giants fan, but it it should, it doesn't take anything but just being a New Yorker to know that like that's messed up and whoever is in charge of running the Empire State Building fired, like there's so many other colors you make it. You can make it a, just a a base color, you know, you can make it white. I don't, I really don't care, but doing that. And then making sure that everyone knows that it's for the Eagles. It's like, what, what are we doing here? You know, it's, it, it's, ridiculous. It was
0: ridiculous. I mean, you might as well put like a Cowboys Jersey on the statue of Liberty or something. Like that. It was just so <laughs> yeah. like, can we just have pride as a city one time? Like I love New York that like so many people from so many different backgrounds live here, but like, this is why people laugh in New York because we're the ones who are honoring the Philadelphia Eagles making the Super Bowl, And then when I think about it, from my perspective, as a Giants fan, I couldn't think of a worse team to make the super bowl than the Eagles after they just beat the crap out of us two weeks ago, it was like so damn sickening seeing that. And I know like, you know, they, the NFL probably paid them to do it. And it probably really wasn't about the Eagles It was about like some contract they have, but like, come on guys. Like we need to, we need to put our foot down eventually here.
1: Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the Eagles. like, you just got curbs on by them. I know you're giants. I'm sorry, but you got curbs on by them the other day. Like, why are we celebrating some team that is a legit rival of our city, basically. And it's like right down the road. Like, you know, I get that there's people that live in the city now that, you know, are Eagles fans and things like that. But like, who cares? They want to celebrate. They can go to the parade next weekend or two weekends for an hour.
0: It, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know like what the equivalent is. Like what are some other big landmarks, but like the arch in St. Louis isn't going to hold like host like a Cubs flag when they win the world series or like, the needle in Seattle isn't going to have some LA thing. Like it's just ridiculous, man. I was pissed. I mean, I get like, it is at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but I don't know. I just feel like as New York, we still have a long way to go to be kind of proud New Yorkers again and stuff like that. Just, it sets us back, man. It it's just, just a sim-
1: it's just a simple thing not to do. Like, just, yeah. just don't, just don't do it. And then, you know, you, you, we can be fine with defeat, but like, don't rub it in our face. We don't have our own city, rub it in our faces, you know?
0: I know, and like tweet out about it. I know they've done it in the past, but it was just, it was frustrating, man. But yeah. I'd be curious then. So the Super Bowl coming up, we won't really get too much in the game because we're still a week and a half away, but it's the Eagles versus the Chiefs, obviously. A lot of storylines. It's Patrick Mahomes, kind of the, o, not the OG, but he's the legitimate best quarterback in the league right now. We have Jalen Hurts, who's on the rise. Andy Reid coaching against his old team. The Kelsey brothers facing off against each other. It's like an ESPN dream Super Bowl, right? All these different storylines. But, We'll be curious as a diehard Jets fan, like who are the Jets supposed to be rooting for in the Super Bowl?
1: That's a good question. Uh, maybe the Eagles, so that it kind of gives a sign to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Be like, I don't want anything to do with the NFC. This guy is if, – because if, if the Eagles could beat the Chiefs, then that means that like no one's be beating Hurts or the Eagles for a while. Mm, so I mean, yep. maybe just kind of get out of there. And, I mean, I'm just hoping that – us signing nathaniel hackett will eventually lead to trading for aaron Rodgers because i hear that he had so much fun playing under him and everything like that I'm like what do you want to do in your last couple of seasons in the nfl have some fun
0: right I, I agree i mean i uh listen i i can't imagine rooting for the eagles i think if you're a giants fan you have to absolutely hope the chiefs win and like every single player in the eagles tears their acl <laughs> i mean it's just like the worst i mean especially like new york we've seen a lot of different of our rival teams win lately like The Eagles have had a lot of success lately. They won back in uh, 2018, I think. And then now they're in the Super Bowl again. We have the Braves recently won the world series. The nationals recently won the world series. The Phillies were just in the world series. Like a lot of our different rival teams have seen a lot of success lately. And so I am so tired of seeing like our divisional opponents win. So I'm praying it's like a chief's blowout. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. Jalen hurts finally gets exposed because he's not good in big games. Like, I think everyone in New York, either a Jets or a Giants fan, should be rooting, you know, for the Chiefs. But I get your take that if the NFC gets better, you know, Rodgers is more likely to get out.
1: Yeah, that's the only reason why I'd be rooting for the Eagles. Otherwise, why why wouldn't you want to root for uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Like, they're yeah, right. so much fun to watch. What,
0: uh, is is Rodgers your dream get for the Jets? Is he, like, the number one guy that you think we need to get uh, I, to win the Super Bowl?
1: I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I mean, he has former O.C., you know, he doesn't – he's just – he can't stay in, in uh, Green Bay any longer than that. So, I, I don't really want the other options. It's like Derek Carr or, I don't know, Tannehill I was looking at before. Mm-hmm. But, like, who those guys, I don't think they really solve the problem. I think we have a bunch of pieces around – that we can build around Aaron, Aaron Rodgers that will be a, a very successful team. But, like, you know, obviously health is a huge thing for us. But I think for we're healthy next year, year and we just have him inserted will be great so yeah
0: listen i think with rogers the the thing that always comes down to him is like does he actually want to play like i feel like every year i I just don't want the quarterback every year who's considering retirement like it's just kind of like you know the kid who always threatens to quit like isn't that fun to play with kind of thing and so i don't know i mean i get if he wants to play and he's like i want to go play for the jets under hackett then i think it's going to be a great fit but I don't know. I just get worried about actually how badly he wants to play football anymore. Well, know?
1: I think I think I would. I'd rather roll the dice on whether or not he wants to play football and you know how motivated he is versus any other option that the Jets have currently. Yeah, and, that's true. I mean, you want to pay Derek Derek Carr, whoever it is, one hundred twenty million dollars, maybe I don't know. But you know, if it, if it didn't work out with Devontae Adams, then like, kind of, what's it going to happen with you know our offense? Which no,
0: is, I know. It's uh, I I don't know. I still don't think car is a good fit. So I hope you guys get the, I hope you guys get Rogers, man. I think that would be a great fit. It would make you guys an instant playoff team. The, the other thing I want to get your thoughts on Chris is we're recording this on Wednesday because Thursday night, um, we'll be at the Knicks game versus the heat. So we won't be able to record them, but as of Wednesday this morning, we all woke up to the news, Tom Brady, the goat retiring after 23 seasons, uh, obviously six super bowls with the pats, one with the bucks, um, he decided to do it a little bit quieter this year. Uh, last year he retired, did that massive like expose on like his impact on football. Then he comes back. It's the divorce. He then does this little video, right? Like my my reaction to that Chris was like, I think he's just more tired of being a, in the spotlight more than anything else. Like I think he just wants to like slither away, like hang out with his 22 year old Norwegian girlfriend and go like live in Europe or something. Um, but like, what was your take as a Jets fan seeing Tom Brady finally? seemingly finally you know retire uh retire from the nfl
1: yeah i mean it was kind of really nice this entire season kind of it obviously they made the playoffs but like he was a show himself i loved the entire year of him yelling at everybody getting caught yelling at everybody you know everything happened with his family at home so as a beaten and battered jets fan i'm happy to get rid of him forever uh i mean he's undoubtedly the best i think that's ever played probably i mean i i saw Mike talking <laughs> crazy about him yes, today on, on so first funny. take um but yeah I'm happy he's gone I mean I he just looked miserable in the in the, in the video like oh I just I'm done I I can't do this anymore it's yeah. all over for me so yeah I'm happy I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I got I, as soon as he left the Patriots it was kind of like he's kind of out of my life for better you know, yeah yeah better
0: <laughs> I don't know about you like I listen I always liked Brady like the Giants fan in me like I have no Ill yeah, will you guys Brady also we beat, Brady beat him twice,
1: twice. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly he's like our little brother at this point and it was kind of funny growing up seeing him always rip Jets fans hearts out because you know Jets and Giants always have that little rivalry even though it's not really that big anymore um so I never like disliked Brady but it sort of felt like the last couple of years was like watching your really old family dog get like too old and like your dad had to like carry him up the stairs and like he kept running into the screen door and like every once in a while he'd fall and you just kind of wonder if he'd get back up and you're just like, kind of feel bad for the dog at this point. Like that's kind of what it felt like with Brady. You know what I mean? You're just like, every time he got hit, you knew it just hurt way too much. Like he couldn't move. They said he didn't even want to get on the flight to Munich. Cause it was just like too long for him to sit. Like, I don't know. I just felt bad for the guy. I think he's had a tough year with everything going on. So I was actually very excited for him to retire. Cause I feel like he's probably out of his misery and very excited to live you know the next 50 or 60 years not in the spotlight because i think he's going to be like jeter and just totally disappear like i think we're never going to see him um just because i don't feel i feel like he's not going to get into like coaching or media or i don't know i just feel like we're never going to see him ever again
1: well two things on brady one i think his career was over i think he decided retirement was happening like as soon as he went to bob craft's birthday and like didn't show up until like whatever saturday or sunday morning where the hell it was yep. for the game i think that's when it ended and uh yeah i don't You say next 50, 60 years. I don't know if he's making that one with how (laughs) often playing 20 years. I I don't know about that. The way CTE is working nowadays.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be, he seems pretty healthy. He's got like the crazy diet going on, but anyway, it was big news, but it wasn't like that big news. I think everyone was like, not that surprised when Schefter broke that news and it was more of like, all right. Yeah. Like kind of time. Like we're now talking about Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, like, it's time for that. Yeah. It's time for that old guard. And he's sort of the last one, right? Like him, Peyton Manning, yeah, I'd say Rogers is the last one, but like a lot of those guys that got drafted back then, Eli, Phillip rivers, big Ben, they're all done. Right. So it is like kind of the official, like the last of the guard, I guess Rogers is the last one, but he was sort of in the middle. So anyway, it wasn't like that big of breaking news, but it's definitely something that, you know, everyone is kind of having their different takes on stuff. But the other thing that I really want to get your thoughts on and I guess we can spend the most time here is like, you're a diehard Knicks fan.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think you and I have spoken about this. I think the Knicks are your biggest like fanhood, right? Like if you had to pick one team to win a championship next, would it be the Knicks?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I've been, uh, we've been saying me and my friend, I think since, I don't know, 2005, like, Oh, this is the year. Every year is yeah. the year. Oh, this is year. the year. You know, where, what is like your earliest uh
0: what's your earliest memory of the knicks as like a staten island kid dad had tickets like what was like the like og memory
1: like going to the garden i remember i used to bring like a notepad with me when i was like <laughs> i don't know four or five and i would literally like take stats of like alan houston and lake patrols pretty well like while watching them like play like the hawks who like, i i don't know why we always went we always went when they played the hawks and yeah. like maybe it's because they always won i don't know but uh yeah, it's a great back dad back. move.
0: It's a great dad move taking you against the worst teams, right? Oh, yeah. Because then sure. it's like he knows you're going to be converted into a fan. Whereas if he takes you to the Lakers and you get blown out by 50, he knows you're never going to root for the Knicks ever again.
1: Yeah, and and, and they were still kind of, you know, off the cusp of, uh, you know, making the championship in 99. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 been part of me for forever. You know, my dad's had season tickets since 89. So, I mean, I've always had it growing up. And uh, unfortunately, they just—they've never really been able to put it together. You know, I—I like, yeah. I remember I was at every playoff series that they've uh, had against the Celtics or so the Heat, um, you know, the Pacers. But even the
0: Hawks um, a couple years ago, you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah,
1: Oh, the, the Trey Young special. Yeah, that's that was, that that was something. <laughs>
0: And have you guys always sat in the same seats? Like, has your dad like been adamant? Like these are our seats and like, we don't sit anywhere else or have you guys moved around?
1: We stuck pretty much in the same section. Uh, actually we have a nice little, um, row now where it's just a two person row and then like a glass oh, nice. divider. So I, it's actually money because it's right near the drinks and the bathroom. So it's perfect. It's easy.
0: Those are, uh, those are valuable seats, man. We, when we go, we like sit in the middle of the row and I realize like, you should be paying double for aisle seats, yeah, especially yeah. the garden because the seats are so tight. You would get up and everyone gets really pissed at you. Yeah, he, um, he
1: he has a thing with always having the seats on the end of the row, no matter where our tickets are.
0: That's awesome. Well, listen, man, I want to get your thoughts in. So last night, <clears throat> this is again we're recording Wednesday, so Tuesday night we have a huge game, one of the biggest games of the year. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and then and the LA Lakers come to visit the Garden. Always one of the most expensive tickets in the city. I think I saw online that the average face value was four X that of, or the average ticket was average four X more face value. So it was an expensive ticket. All the celebrities are there to see LeBron and whatnot and the Lakers. And I get all that. And it was a great back and forth game, man. Like Jalen Brunson had an amazing game. He had over 30 points. Julius Randle had a pretty solid game. LeBron started off pretty slow, but ended up playing extremely well. They but him and Anthony Davis contributed for over 50 points. It was just one of those games where neither team was up by six, I think, until the final couple minutes. And, But can we talk about how awful Tom Thibodeau is at crafting up these last-second plays? Like, we've had five or six games where we've had the ball, four or five seconds left, tie game, call a timeout. Most teams win in that situation, and we never win. We always just give it to Julius Randle and let him like sit in the corner and get his shot blocked. And it's so goddamn annoying. I don't know. It
1: doesn't, it doesn't make any sense either, because when you look at Jalen Brunson, he has, he's like top 10 in the league and like clutch points, whatever that means now is like, you know, during crunch time, he has like some of the most points out of the, at the entire league. And I saw a stat before that Randle is in the top 50, top 50 players in clutch, uh, clutch minutes Yep, but he also has the lowest field goal percentage with like twenty seven percent or something like that, like during Uh, those clutch minutes. uh, Like, and yet it always seems to go to Julius Randle, you know. And it's always an ISO. It's never a play. It's just give him the ball and hope that he can take on one or two defenders, whatever it is. So I mean, him going up against I don't know how that how him against Anthony Davis is a better matchup than Brunson going against you know LeBron and then maybe doing a pick and roll or something. I don't know. It
0: was so frustrating, man. Well, dude. So last night. And this is why I don't get right. Like Julius Randle is having a great year. I'm not going to deny that. I think he should be an all-star. And I think any Knicks fan should be very excited with how Julius is playing, especially given last year. Like he's having an amazing year, right?
1: Yeah. Huge bounce back for sure. Huge
0: bounce back. Jalen Brunson is the best player on this team. Like he's the best basketball player on this team. Jalen Brunson last night, had 37 points, six assists, and two rebounds. Like he was totally in his bag last night, played an unbelievable game, hit shot after shot late. He took that massive charge to set up the game winning shot or the game winning possession. He, took, he took a
1: few charges last night. I think one that didn't get called, but it was a blatant yeah. just missed call.
0: And so I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you not, five seconds left, ball out of bounds, how do you not give it to him? Like, the chances of him missing are much slower than someone like Julius Randle. And so like, I don't know if I should be mad at Tom Thibodeau. Cause he draws this up. I don't know if I should be mad at Julius Randle. Cause he like demands the ball and says like, no, I need the ball. Otherwise I'm going to have a temper tantrum. I don't think that's the case actually. Or am I like mad at like Jalen Brunson for not being more aggressive and saying, give me the ball. Like I'm confused. I don't know why this keeps happening. Like it reminds me of the, uh, I'm trying to think what was the other game where Julius Randle had a last possession and he like totally bricked but it's happened a few times now and it's just like I don't get it like who are you and, mad at at this point
1: point? and for as bad as he has been it feels like the last few games RJ Barrett is our best I feel like crunch time yeah shot maker like for a reason like the other night against the Celtics plays awful the whole game, and then all of a sudden it's the biggest three to like bring us to overtime. And I'm like, okay, and then you know, I think he had. And he had that dunk overtime. the other
0: night on uh MLK. Remember when they against yeah. the Raptors, he went the entire floor and dunked the ball with like point one seconds left.
1: So I mean, I, I don't know. Man. It just it, it just keeps. It seems like it's the same thing over and over and over again. And you, I don't know. It's like insanity. Eventually, you got to change it up. You know. I
0: agree, man. I listen, Scal. I I've always said. I think Tom Thibodeau is a great coach to like rebuild a culture, right. And like rebuild a franchise that's maybe in the bottom seller, like get people to buy in on like hustling and playing defense and like, you know, playing team basketball and all that stuff. And I think he's been great for the Knicks overall, but now as we're in this mode of like, we have multiple really good players with Brunson with Randall um, you know, obviously with RJ Barrett, we're now in this mode of like, we're fighting for a six seed and we're like, not okay with like making the play in game. Like, we actually need a coach that can call plays and like get the best out of some of these guys. Cause I just don't know if like Tom Thibodeau is going to be the reason we're a five seed this year. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like it's time we get a coach that actually calls up a play and like we beat a team like the Lakers that we should beat at home because we have the last possession. I I guess I'm just like out on Thibodeau. it,
1: It kind of just feels like the same thing with like the jets where like you just have a defensive minded coach and like, he just can't like there's anytime you need it, some kind of offense, it just, it's impossible to get. I don't know why. But uh yeah, I mean, t- Tibbs is all about defense. And it seems that only if Mitch Robinson is playing, do we have actual like a good defensive team, which just shouldn't He's be out. the case. If we lose one guy, you should be able to just fill him right in with whatever your scheme is. But doesn't work like that. So, well,
0: all right. So then why? why is the NFL the only team that has like coordinators? Like I'm sure the NHL does have like an offensive minded coach and a defensive minded coach. Baseball doesn't, like well, I guess they have a hitting coach, but point being is like, why doesn't Thibodeau have like a guy who like steps in the huddle when we're like, we need a bo- like we need a point, we need a basket and like just lets him do his thing. Like why does Thibodeau have to call both? I don't,
1: I don't I get mean, I, I have to imagine he has some of his assistants, you know, working on things and, you know, drawing plays. It's whether or not he actually decides to you know, use them at end of yeah. the day so i mean
0: it's so frustrating man i was so pissed watching that game because like dude all the games that we're winning this year and listen the knicks are having a pretty good season they're 27 and 25 they're the seven seed uh we trail miami who we play on thursday night who's a six seed i think that's going to be sort of a back and forth all year and listen if we get the seven seed it's not the end of the world because we host the play-in game and if, if we lose that we host another play-in game so i'll roll the dice there but like it is just so frustrating that every game we win, Chris, we have to go up 30 in the third quarter. They have to come back. We then like hold on for dear life, hit free throws, and somehow we win. Like, why can't we win a game that's like back and forth and we just hit a big shot late? Like, I just don't get – Or why can't we like, just
1: go up 30 and just win by just never 25, like, you know? Yeah. Like just, all right, you know, it's 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 never easy. But that also seems like that's kind of how the NBA is now too where you're like 15-point leads gone in a blink of an eye and it's like, oh – all right, strap in for the fourth quarter. You never know what you're going to see.
0: It's crazy, man. It's so frustrating. And I thought Brunson would change that. And Yick has because they've been in a lot more close games against better teams. But we know like come playoffs, like you're not going to be up 20 in any game and you have to learn how to win games when you're like down four or five the whole game and pull it out. So we'll see, man. I think this is, they're going to just ride out this team. I think they're obviously going to ride out Thibodeau to the end of the year and then they'll probably make a change. But would be curious the trade deadlines coming up, I think in about two weeks and the Knicks have been in a lot of rumors, like OG and, o, and an OB is one, um, Sadiq Bay, who's another, like who would be your ideal trade, trade target going into this deadline?
1: I mean, they're both kind of similar in that. I feel like it's like, I think they're kind of rentals for the most part. Maybe they have like one more year left in their deal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what are the things we need? We need a better, some more defense and more three pointers. Uh, Yep. I think that OG is better probably for the defensive side of things. I think he averages like two steals, two blocks a game or something like that. Um, but, you know, C Bay is probably way better from three, I would say. Um, yep. I don't know. There's, I think they're going to end up making the OG move, even though I don't know how I feel about three first round picks, but like if they're protected, then who cares? If yeah. You know, I think we are overhyping these first round picks. And I mean, we, we gave one away for nothing to for Cam Reddish. And what, what have we done with Cam Reddish since? So I, agree. Um, I think that they're going to end up moving a bunch of people and a bunch of picks of the trade deadline just because they have to. But um, I don't know. They need to find a way to get rid of Evan Fournier and, and that contract because it's he's just sitting on the bench collecting $19 million a year. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, they have way too many guys not contributing. I mean, I you're right. Like, Chris, when I look at the roster, like Jalen Brunson's an all-star. One of the best point guards Absolutely. in the East, right? Not worried about him. RJ Barrett at the three is fine. He's still, like, developing. He's still he, – he people forget. So he's still very young. He's, he's inconsistent. so inconsistent. He, but we so reason, we like have, he's inconsistent. we have
1: we have wing players that just don't make wide-open shots, and then you watch other teams that play against us, and they – you know. R- Rui Hachimura last night is is knocking down threes left and right, and he's just, he's just open. Like, that's just – it's what NBA players should do, but for some reason, our guys don't. I don't
0: know. I know, but like, I've just kind of come to the conclusion, like RJ's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's locked in we, at the three. Yeah, we just,
1: we just signed, <laughs> we him signed to him a four <laughs> a huge year,
0: hundred million dollar contract. So he's not going anywhere. So Jalen and RJ are set at one and three. Julius Randle's having an all-star season. They're not going to trade him and his no. contract makes it pretty hard to trade. And then at the five, like, I think Mitch is like the answer right now for the five they They're They just paid him as well. So it's like, to me, the, the hole they have to fill is the Quentin Grimes two guard spot. Like I've been yelling Quentin Grimes name from the rafters this year saying he's awesome defensively. He gives them that three point shooting that they desperately need. But the problem is Chris, he's, you know, in the 41 games he's played this year, he's only averaging 10 a game and he's only shooting 35% from three, which again, like the league, what you want to be at is closer to 40, but I just feel like they need more than 10 points a game from their starting shooting guard. You know, I even mean? if they want to, like, actually be a legitimate top six seed in the NBA or in the East.
1: I think that they just try – they look at him more as, like, a defensive player. But, like, I think we just can't have – like, I feel like that was how R.J. Barrett was for a little while. was like, yeah. oh, he's, he's focusing so much on defense. That's why he's not producing as much on offense. But, like, now R.J.'s defense is kind of regressing and his offense isn't progressing. So – is that going to happen with Grimes if he slows down with defense? I, I don't know, but yeah, um, he tough, definitely man. needs, you know, he looked good last night. He was making it up and unders. He would, you know, I no, he, he looks good. He's so much better when he attacks the basket and then kind of what the threes come to him later on. But yeah,
0: um, I mean, well, I guess like, so here's my thoughts, Chris is like Grimes, I think is the future shooting guard of this team. But for right now, there is an opportunity for them to make the six seed because the East has been playing a little bit worse than I think a lot of experts predicted and the Knicks are playing a little bit better. So they have an opportunity to get a six seed and get a play, uh, uh, playoff series, you know, under their belts. So my guess is to your point, I think they make the move for OG and Obi, Um, for folks who aren't as familiar with OG. He's on the Raptors. He's six, seven. He plays small forward, but he could definitely slot in next to Jalen and RJ, you know, in sort of that two, three role. Um, he averages 17 a night, which is pretty damn good for, uh, he's really the number three option behind Siakam and Fred Van Fleet in, in the Raptors at the Raptors. So he's averaging 17, five rebounds a game, two assists. He plays fantastic defense. I don't know if he's actually ever won all NBA defense, but he's definitely in the conversation. Um, I also love that he was on that Raptors championship team. Like we sure. don't have a whole lot of guys who actually have any postseason experience. And so yeah.
1: championship pedigree is, assumed. yeah.
0: Like he's played in a lot of big games. And so I think if we can give up basically anything, that's not a Knicks unprotected pick. Like if we give up the wizards protected pick and we give up the Pistons protected pick, I think we still have the Spurs protect or uh, sorry, the bucks protected pick. We have three of those that we can easily get rid of. We have some second rounders we have to your point, Cam Reddish, I would be okay getting rid of like a miles McBride or, you know, one of those guys and get OG and then put Quentin Grimes as your second unit shooting, shooting guard. I don't know. Like that to me feels like we then might drift into that six seat, but like, would you people, would you be excited about that if that were to happen?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think any kind of improvements we make is going to be huge. Uh, It just kind of, you know, and i feel like everything with the knicks is like all right well let's we'll wait and see like i feel like even Jalen brunson everyone was like well we don't know how he's gonna be and then like you know yeah it ends up being you know awesome but you yeah. know uh i don't know i i think that we're, we'll be legit i don't know if we're really contender at that point but we're at least a playoff team if we get him too but i think so i, don't I know. think uh, i don't uh, know how to do with his like contract, contract stuff like that because he's he's still making a lot of money so or decent amount i think like, yeah i don't here. know
0: I mean, I think a a lineup of Brunson, OG, RJ, Randall, and Mitch, that's a good team. It's not a top four seed, but it's a good team. That's a good six seed that can give most teams a run for their
1: We are never going to be one of those teams unless we get a guy. And we really should, you know, in hindsight, hand up. I didn't didn't really want to make the Don Mitchell (laughs) trade. You were all over that. I, you said absolutely not. Well, I thought that RJ Barrett was gonna have a big year, and clearly I was very wrong. So uh um, are you
0: on record saying for the viewers who maybe don't know Chris as well, Chris was adamant that we do not trade for Donovan Mitchell in the offseason? Well,
1: you, Chris you, Chris,
0: you, uh, Chris said RJ Barrett is the future. Chris said we cannot get rid of these picks. Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson couldn't play any defense together, which is true um so are you now on record saying you're wrong am i yeah, hearing yeah
1: ab- absolutely i mean have you seen the way don Mitchell's played this year he's <laughs> he is he not is he started he started for the all-star team for yeah, he he's, averaging I mean, like thir- he's
0: averaging like 30 something a night
1: yeah i mean obviously huge swing and a miss that <laughs> that was a bad take up on my part but you know i was trying to rock my guys you know trying to you know the first guy we re- re-signed from after rookie contracts so i i just hope that that would be like kind of motivation to kind of take the next step. And he's just not taking the next step. So. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, man, we it's, it takes a big man to be admit when he's wrong. You know, we've all admitted bad takes. I have a feeling I'm about to, about to admit that Jalen hurts. stinks take is about to be inaccurate because <laughs> um, he's won his two playoff games. It combined yeah. uh 65 to like 14. Um,
1: One of them gets your teams too, which yeah, does, exactly. doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I mean, I would love Sadiq Bay on the next you know, you and I both went to Villanova, so I would love to be able to say three Nova legends of Jalen Brunson, Sadiq Bey, and Ryan Archie Diakono would all be on the Knicks. Uh, that would be pretty pretty cool. But I just don't see – like, Sadiq Bey is a great scorer, but our defense would be really bad if he was next to Jalen Brunson. No. I just don't know.
1: I don't know think he starts if we trade for him i think that yeah i think realistically he would it would just be a good bench piece to come off rather than
0: he's better than a bench piece. you know what i mean like he just doesn't really fit in our our starting roster
1: but think about like uh you know a a second team with him and quickly or whatever you know yeah that would be pretty sweet i don't know you don't have to roll out rj barrett you have to keep rj barrett in with the second team all the time or whatever you know you just have so many guys that are on the bench that are not playing. And then like, you know, Deuce McBride's great, but like he can't shoot worth a damn. So, uh no, you know, you need you just need more offensive weapons. And, you know, Obi Toppin doesn't play more than 10 minutes a game. So you can't really tell if he's actually good or if he just is good for the first 10 minutes he plays and then he's out and we, we never know.
0: No, I know, man. I mean, listen, I, I think you and I are both saying we love OG. It wouldn't be the end of the world if they didn't make that move. Um, I'm happy, but if they get rid of these like protected picks that aren't actually that valuable, um, but listen, man, it's a tough stretch coming up. Like for the viewers listening Thursday is against the heat. So this would have happened last night. That's a tough game. Saturday is a Saturday night game at home against the Clippers, which is never an easy out. Sunday is a home game against the 76ers. We then play the 76ers a week later in Philly. We then have the nets again a week later. Like we have a very tough schedule coming up. And so if they can find a way to play like 500 basketball, honestly, for the next month, I think you and I would both sign up for that. Cause it's just, you know, with the the Hawks coming up, the Celtics, like there are a lot of really tough games for us over the next, really the entire month of February, man, it's going to be an absolute gauntlet for us.
1: Yeah. that These past, I mean, last four games, I, I would have said you come out two and two, you're you're probably you know, winning that little stretch there. But, of course, we beat the Cavaliers and the Celtics, and then we lose True. to the Nets and the Lakers without Kevin Durant. And, you know, so yeah. it's I – mean, yeah, it, You point. never, you never know with this team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You
0: never know. I mean, it's a total roller coaster season. So my guess, Chris, is we beat the Heat. This is going to be on record now because we play them the next day. But, you know, I think we just got to find a way to keep treading water, make that move for someone like OG. I think – would you sign up for the seven seed? Like, would you sign the dotted line for that?
1: I mean, knowing that we could, we could take the six would make me a lot more comfortable, but I would rather not have to play the plan. But I mean, I don't know who's in the 10 spot right now. Like the, the bulls bulls. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, they kind of <sighs> see what they're right. falling apart, you know? So, sorry, my boy, Jack, but uh yeah, yeah but... I I don't think you could easily see that team blowing up at the trade deadline. You never know. Uh So I will I say mind this playing the Bulls, but I don't necessarily know if I want to have to go against Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. You know, going off. yeah, no, that's a good two,
0: point you know? because the the rest of the playing games are good. I will say this: obviously, I want the six seed, but the New Yorker in me knows that a play-in game in Madison Square Garden as a seven seed would be like one of the most electric events in the city. Like that'd be one where like all these different celebrities come out for it. If you have a ticket for it, it's like five hundred dollars a ticket. Like that would be a very fun kind of Friday night spectacle. Yeah, spectacle. Nick's, Nick's
1: bowls for the play know, that
0: play in spot. Would oh be, my God. That'd be must watch TV. Yeah. I'd, um, but
1: grinning anyway. ear to ear.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But anyway, we have a long way to go. Our Knicks are going to be fine. I'll have to cut, co- have you come back on for Met season. I don't want to get too much into baseball right now. Cause pitchers and catchers aren't for another, uh, <laughs> yeah, we catch that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll be enough for us to last the entire summer. So, Listen, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. It was a blast talking with you. Just always good to get your perspective on Knicks and everything else at New York because I feel like you just, of all the people, know what it's like to be a miserable yet somewhat excited New York sports fan. So it's yeah. always good to get someone with a salt of the earth New Yorker like yourself.
1: I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I appreciate having the podcast in the first place so I can have some place to listen to my New York sports. So, it's yeah, great.
0: man. Awesome. Thanks. Well, listen, Chris, thanks for coming on. Go, Knicks. Go, it's Mets. Good. Go go home to Staten Island one of these days. Say hi to your parents, get a bagel, and we'll uh, we'll have to talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, see you, man. All right. Well, thanks again, Chris, for coming on. That was a fun interview. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend. You know, this is the weekend before the Super Bowl, so if you're a diehard football fan and your girlfriend isn't a huge football fan, what I suggest is wake up Sunday, say, "Hey, honey, you know what? I don't even want to watch football this weekend. I just want to go out to lunch with you and hang out." And you're gonna win a ton of brownie points. So go do that. Have an amazing weekend. Also shout out to one of my best friends, Charlie. It is his birthday. He is turning 28 years old today. So he's getting old. So happy birthday, Charlie. Another friend of mine, Brendan Houston's birthday is coming up this weekend. So hope everyone has an awesome weekend, awesome time. And we will talk to you next weekend, next Friday, as we get ready for the big Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. See you guys.